You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Take your pixie out of your pockets. The Neverland Podcast episode 110 is dedicated to Lost Boy Phil and his speedy recovery from brain surgery. I'm Jeremy, host of the Neverland Podcast found at NeverlandPodcast.com. This is my show on iTunes and Stitcher. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I plugged in my microphone and said, By the power of Neverland! I am a podcast! I became a mighty podcast host, and Neverland became the geekiest podcast on the internet. There are other things I feature besides Disney. Marvel, Thundercats, and He-Man. Together, we defend Neverlanders from the evil boredom of adulthood. (laughs) All right, Neverlanders. If you have listened to episode 72, which if you haven't, stop what you're doing and go listen to episode 72. Uh, But we talked to a fella by the name of Daniel Benedict, who was working on a Masters of the Universe fan film. But it's it's almost become more than a fan film. (laughs) But he was in the process of editing it for its first viewing at a convention in Germany. And now we're like a a year away uh, after that. And my goodness, your year has just been a complete adventure. And so we have him coming back on to tell us all about it. Please welcome, from Red Serial Studios, Daniel Benedict. Hello. Thank you for having me back on. That's awesome. I I thought you'd forgotten all about me. Oh, (laughs) certainly not. I've been keeping an eye uh, on this movie. Just kidding. Uh, Yeah, um, things have been pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, did you ever think it would go as far as it has? Nope, absolutely (laughs) not. When I first did the Kickstarter, I didn't even think that I would even succeed in that. So, I, um, you know, it's it's definitely exceeded expectations. Yeah, I would say that would completely catch me by surprise. Because I mean, I did my own little fan film. We just used Sony Handycam, and we we made the excuse of our for our cheap effects and cheap costumes that we were kind of doing a slacker version of things, and so we just kind of had fun with it. But I mean, you've got some serious production going on. I've even seen a music video for this. Yeah, that's uh, those guys. Ball of Mayhem reached out to me. They're huge He-Man fans, and they were like, "Hey, can we?" can we do a song? And I was like, sure. And then they were like, well, can, can we write it? Can we write a theme song? I'm like, even better. Yeah, go ahead. And, and uh, then they're like, can we do a video? I'm like, man, just, <laughs> yeah, do it all. And, and it turned out so well. I love the song. It's so catchy. I, you know, it's, it, it, I'm constantly like humming it when I don't even realize it. And um, very blessed to have these guys uh, to, um, to contribute. And then the music video is, um, is on the, on the Blu-ray as a as a bonus feature. Awesome, and I still find it funny. Uh, I had when I first saw the video on YouTube, I did mention that I had noticed that it looked like a car going by in the background at one shot, and they were trying to do this great scene with like this castle background and everything. And then you see this car go by, and they had a great response to it when I said, "Hey, I think I see a car go by at this time." They said, "That's not a car. That's He-Man going by on one of these sky cycles." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Perfect." I mean, didn't you know? <laughs> it's, the, it's the Wind Rider. Yeah, the Wind Rider. That's what it was. Wind Rider. <laughs> that's funny. I've been playing too much Disney Infinity. Everything Sky Cycles on there with the Avengers set. But yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but uh, this, I would almost say this isn't your first rodeo because I, I did find out uh, that you did this little horror film called Bunny. 
And so you've, you know, you've, you've done a film production before, but uh, now to this level uh, of where, where this has taken you, I mean, well, let, let's just start. I mean, the first thing, of course, you went to, uh, what was it called? Masters Con in Germany? Was that what it's called? It was Grayskull Con. Grayskull yeah. Con. So, yeah, we showed it in Grayskull, at Grayskull Con in Germany. Um, huge human fan base there. It was an awesome convention. I'd never been to Germany or any country other than the U.S., um, up to that point and it was a very unique experience uh in the country itself and um at the convention and um i was so nervous because you know, the first time anyone had seen it at all and i had just finished it you know right with hours before i drove to the airport to go <laughs> wow. and uh you know it was pretty last minute and um i, I hadn't slept in in weeks literally we're talking like you know an hour max a night and um and i had a cold and i had a bad cold and i was just physically miserable you know going there um but you know after being there and getting some rest and and hanging out with uh, a lot of cool people and stuff things were better so the night of the premiere um i was so nervous i was biting my nails and the movie starts the room's full um everyone is stone-faced i'm like oh no it's like, you know, these guys are going to be like, you know, maybe they're going to be harsh critics, you know. And so about 20 minutes in, there's still, there's like no response. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not good there. They hate it. And, uh, but as time went on, I was looking around, I saw people's reactions. People started like getting into it and getting excited about it and laughing at the right spots. And, and uh, at the end, everyone thoroughly enjoyed There's a video I posted on my YouTube channel that's like the, uh, the, the reaction at the, at the end credits of, of everyone um, but it, it was everyone was so complimentary um, I was very relieved that everyone really enjoyed it there was uh, there was really I really haven't anyone that's seen it maybe they're just being nice to me I don't know but no one has said anything bad about it <laughs> um, so okay well I'll make it a point when I watch it on Monday on YouTube <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with something bad to say Oh, I it was I too short, it. man. What's the problem with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so after the showing in Germany, uh, I, I mean, did you already have everything set up where you're going to be showing it at conventions in the United States, or did you start getting invites? I mean, how this because I've kept seeing on the on the the Facebook page like, oh, we're over here showing it. Oh, guess what? We're going to show it over here. And I was like, wow, this is going everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, everything. Uh, all the showings except for one had been set up way in advance. Uh, let me bring up the list. I don't even remember where we showed it now. Okay, so uh, right after Germany, the following week, we sh- premiered it in Hollywood. That was the U.S. premiere at the Egyptian Theater, which was uh, it was surreal that I'm showing a a film that I made in Hollywood. Um, that was that had been set up, you know, since the beginning of the year almost. Um, and the same thing for we showed in our hometown uh, a week after that, and that was um, that was probably my favorite. Maybe oh, there's so many. <laughs> Each one's my favorite. Um, that was that was really cool because it was, it was our hometown. We filmed it here. Most of the cast and crew are from here or live here, and we did it as a most were, most all the screens are benefits, and this was a benefit for Toys for Tots where you bring in a toy donation and that's your ticket that's your cost of admission and we sold out we had to go and bring in extra folding chairs for people to sit in in like the aisles and um, 
we I can't remember the number of toys that we that we had. It was several hundred. Uh, it was crazy. People were bringing multiples uh, or several toys just for one ticket. And it, what was really cool is that I even saw in the bins um, He-Man figures, like un, unopened 2000X He-Man toys. Wow. Which is which is really cool, and we did we had a bunch of giveaways. I had a lot of uh, DVDs and toys and things, human related stuff that I gave away um, during the event, and so that, I really liked that one. That was really cool. My parents were there, my daughter was there, so it was you know it was really cool. And uh, let's see where uh, then we did Louisville. That was fun. Uh, Chicago was really really cool. Um, that was the week after that. Um, well, uh, people showed up in cosplay. We had a whole event in Chicago. We had uh, we started off at a comic shop, and we we timed it to where it coincided with the release of the official Masters of the Universe Dark Horse mini comic book collection. Which, if people don't know what that is, it's like in the eighties, the, the He-Man figures came with mini comics and packaged inside. And what Mattel and Dark Horse has done is they've collected all of the mini comics from all time and put them in this thick dictionary type uh, book um, it's so awesome anyway but it, it was just released um, actually I don't think, think it was released until maybe a couple of days after I can't remember but like the Dark Horse allotted us several cases to sell at this comic shop to coincide with our quote event wow so we did that we had uh, some signings there with, with uh, some of the the cast and uh, we had um, some other human type people there Pixel Dan and and then several people that worked on the uh, on the mini comic book, like Val Stables, and and anyway, so that was for a couple of hours. Then we drove down the road to uh, to Toy Du Jour. Challenger Comics was the first one. Uh, we went to uh, Toy Du Jour, and uh, we had we just it was like a traveling little mini convention. We <laughs> we set up there, and uh, that was really cool. Um, I wanted to spend hundreds of dollars there that I didn't have because of all the cool toys and then after that we, w- uh, we went into the theater and had the um, had the screening oh before the screening we had to stop by a restaurant and eat Chicago style pizza I've never, mm. I've, never eaten, I've never eaten Chicago style pizza in Chicago so uh, it was a must so yeah especially there uh, they have a stuffed pizza there that I've tried when I was in Chicago that is fantastic oh man it's it's absurd how good it is oh yeah Sorry, New Yorkers, but, uh, you know, Chicago pizza. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> but um, Granted, I don't that, think I've ever had a New York pizza. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, at that showing, there were a ton of people in cosplay, which it was, in a way, I had no idea. I, I walked up to the theater. People were waiting in line dressed as like Skeletor and and Hordak and News and she um, It was really cool. Everyone, everyone at all these screenings thoroughly enjoyed it i got all the right responses you know everyone laughed about the right parts and and cheered for the right parts and and um it made me feel very very good that i accomplished something <laughs> uh, but now you got to follow it up with something <laughs> uh, i mean i i want to i i already have the idea for the sequel i already have uh i already know what i want to do um i just don't know if i'm gonna do it because it <laughs> It, it was such hard work. I, it would take. I would definitely like give myself way more time and ask for way more money. I would have to. Uh, there's there's no other way to do it. But we'll see. 
We'll see what happens. Yeah, one of these days you'll just say, oh, it's that labor of love thing. You know, the passion will just come up and like, I gotta do another He-Man. <laughs> yeah, probably. Has Mattel taken notice? Um, yeah, they, they know about it. They, um, let's see, uh, actually, a, a guy that, that used to work for Mattel and a guy that currently works for Mattel uh, came to the, the Hollywood screening. Uh, like, as a, in a personal capacity. I'm sure not a, not in a, an official right. Capacity, um, and they, they were complimentary. They, they really enjoyed it. They really liked it. It was it was really good. Um, so you know that that was you know really surreal in itself. And um, at that showing, the Dean Stephan, the um, the head writer for the 2002 He-Man cartoon, was there, and he said you know that it was it was awesome. Um, it should have been a, an actual episode of the cartoons. <laughs> so. Except for I'm sure you're, you know, being live action, you could be a little bit more gritty and uh, and you know, because even from the the comic you have as a as a uh, a setup for the film, which everybody needs to go to fallofgrayskull.com and download. It's a PDF file. It's really brilliantly done. It's a really great comic that gives you a setup for the story of Fall of Grayskull, and uh, and it's I tell you what, it's considering that hey, you know, these are battling with swords and weapons that. You know, somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> we'll just put it like that. Uh, so it looks like you were able, you know, being that you're hey, live action, this can be believable. You know, there can be some injuries that are not really normally allowed in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank, thank you for saying that, that you liked it um, and that it was good. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was great. But the artwork is really outstanding. I mean, it, it, it looked very, very professional. It seemed like something I would have gone to a comic shop and had purchased. No oh, thanks. Um, it, it looks it, the art looks good because I didn't do it. <laughs> I wrote the story, but um, but two guys, um, Sammy did the uh, did, did the inside, and uh, Simon did the cover, and both look phenomenal. Um, Sammy, he they're both um, they both live in Germany, and this man worked his day job. And then came home and immediately worked on the comic until it was time to go to his day job again. I mean, this guy was a maniac with what he got done and, and the amount of time that he had to do it. Yeah, well, so, I, I'm sure some uh, comic companies should be taking notice of it <laughs> if they get a chance to look at this. Because it was every bit as good for the uh, the DC series uh, that was, was coming out at the time. It, it looked like it could have been just pulled right from the same pages. I mean, it, that is just some serious high quality. I think he definitely has got a chance of working in a comic company. and He should. I mean, if anyone's listening out there, Sammy Hajimar and Simon Eckert, get these guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Especially, and everybody's definitely got to go to the website and just check this out. To, so I don't want to spoil any of the story or anything, but uh, it's some really, you took some serious risks with some different, twists of things and how you're setting stuff up come very unexpected things kind of happen just in the comic that makes it that really got me intrigued after i read it i was like oh my goodness i gotta see what he's done with this movie now and so <laughs> since i didn't know about the kickstarter i've had to sit and wait until january the 11th this monday it will be on youtube uh and i believe your your channel on youtube you even have just a fall of grace call channel don't you yeah well it's, it's my um it's kind of it's my personal channel, but I only post He-Man related things on it. Um, it's um, it, the handle is Fresh Danny B, so it's but it has three N's, so it's F R E S H D A N N N Y B. 
And of course, I will be posting it up on our news.neverlandpodcast.com page, probably with a bit of review, because I'm going to definitely make sure I get a chance to watch it. And the nice thing is about modern technology and Google Fiber is I can sit there and watch YouTube on my nice, you know, flat screen TV. So I can just sit in the living room and watch it and then probably watch it again. Nice. So, oh yeah, definitely we'll be posting it up on the website because I've been excited about this because uh, it, it looks really, really cool. I like the style that you've done. And uh, I, I've seen some other people attempt to do some Masters of the Universe fan films trilogy. I try to look in on some. My philosophy on a fan film, if you know you don't have a budget, you know, to make the, your, your film look really good, do it for laughs. Because that's the only way it's going to work. Because I've seen a lot of Star Wars fan films and some of them that were trying to be so serious, but yet it, it the believability wasn't there. And so, like, you know, if you were trying to make me laugh, it would have worked better. <laughs> well, I think, well, first, first of all, I, I, you're talking about John Carroll. And the thing with, with, with doing, you know, films, you know, I'm not a professional, or at least I, I, I maybe try to pretend to be one, but you, I guess the audience, when the audience watches a, a movie, I think that they go into it you know, with expectations. So, like, knowing that, that, that my movie is a fan film, I'm, I'm assuming that people are going to have a little lowered expectations, which, if I'm able to exceed their expectations by just a, a smidge, I think that they'll be pleasantly surprised and maybe happy. I still think that, you know, you know, I look at it now and I'm like, I, I hate it now, you know? I'm, I guess, I don't know, people always say, like, people that do art are never truly finished with it or whatever, or whatever the... the yeah phrases but like I look at it now I'm like man I wish I could go back and redo it all over again because you know I see all the flaws and, and it's definitely not not like a you know a hundred million dollar Hollywood movie and so I think that um, you just have to do the best with what you have and uh, and so for, for other fan films that I've seen out there um, I, I personally thoroughly enjoy John Carroll's trilogy and each each one that he's done you know is, is better than, than the previous um I, this last one, which also premiered at Grayskull Con in Germany, it was, I had the most fun watching that movie that I've ever had watching any movie, because I had, I, I loved, I liked him, I knew all the people in the movie, and his story was cool, and I had been waiting, it was a cliffhanger, part two was a cliffhanger, and I had been waiting for, man, uh, maybe it was two years to see the, the conclusion, and it was so cool, I got that feeling of like, um, I don't know, it's, you, you know, like going to see like a, I don't know what movies you're into. Like you're going to see uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, going to, yeah, going to see like um, like Star Wars, yeah. and then like at the cliffhanger, and then you're like, ah, oh, then you've got to wait two years, and then you then you jump back into the story, mm-hmm. and it, it was kind of like that for me. So I, um, I mean, maybe I'm gonna pimp his his website. Can I do that? Yeah, go right ahead. Because I'm probably going to still try to check it out. Because I, I, I think I jumped in somewhere. Uh, I, I think it was like the, the third part of something. And I was like, well, what's this? You know, And I went and took a look. And I didn't know what was going on. I was like, okay, well, it looks like there's a trilogy of this. So, but I was like, yeah, I wish, well, he, you know, he looked like he was in the same boat I am. Where you just don't really have the budget you want to do everything you want to be able to do. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, there, there's so many limitations. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet now if he could go back um he probably could uh he would probably do a lot of things differently i can't i can't i can't find his channel um if you search trials of dark smoke um on youtube or that's part three or the fountain of life is 
part two, and the Wizard of Stone Mountain is is part one, and they're on YouTube. Um, they're really really cool. And I think he's uh, even got an IMDb page set up. I think that's where I first saw something on them. Um, yeah, yes, he does. I was doing uh, some research on everything. I saw you had an IMDb page uh, for Fall of Grey Skull, and I saw, oh look, here's here's some other fan films from Masters of the Universe. So I went and took a look around to see what was going on. And I don't think that many people have tried to, to tackle the uh, the franchise. It doesn't seem like it. A lot of people have. Most people, you know, they want to do Star Wars or superheroes, but you know, mm-hmm. doing something like Masters of the Universe, you know, I guess no one thinks that they can pull off. It's. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's I don't know. I, I've seen okay with with his fan films. I've seen those. I like those. I've seen several others, um, and several trailers like you know just fake trailers for mm-hmm. for movies, which was originally what I was going to do just a just a trailer. But then I was like, I would still need money to make it look good, and no one's going to give me money for a trailer, so I better make a film. Um, and and some of them aren't good, um, but I and I can't really bash them because. You know, the things that I made when I first started were ten times worse <laughs> than that. So um, there's there's one, there's a She-Ra fan film on YouTube. Let me find that. I, you know, it's, the, the camera, the cameras aren't good, you know, compared to a lot of things. Um, but I sat here, yeah, it's called She-Ra Princess of Power fan film. And it, the subtitle is Surely You Jest. It's very, it's, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Um, it's 32 minutes long. Um, it's, it was posted two years ago. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's probably my... I don't know. No, Tri- Trials of Dark Smoke's my favorite, but this one's second favorite. Well, now I got some YouTube viewing to do. <laughs> yes, you do. Because <laughs> that's, that's the thing. As long as you're at least having fun with it, because, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't, like, whenever I've tried to do something, I don't know if I'll be trying to do anything else. We did think about doing a sequel to Supers that we had made where, where the super villains, which we might get around to doing. But it, it took so much work and effort, even for, you know, just low budget and really not having a whole lot and trying to figure out you know, how we were going to make things look somewhat believable, uh, that we just had a good time with it and went for that. And I think as long as you're having fun, even if nobody ever bothers to go and watch it, <laughs> at least you had fun making it absolutely um, and I can say that for probably 80% of everything that I've ever done it's you know at least I had fun making it because mm-hmm. that's part of it it's, it's, it's the love of whatever your subject is and the love of film to some degree you know that and you're thinking you know what I want to try to make something and create something and that's always a lot of fun and if it takes off it's a wonderful thing and if not you know what you had you had a good time yes but see now you've got expectations on you because you've had something that's you know kind of gotten around taken off your Kickstarter went really well I saw you had a post a picture on Facebook where you've got a lot of Kickstarter rewards to get sent out a lot of really neat stuff some Blu-rays DVDs looks like you had a, a soundtrack CD which I'm guessing has a little bit more than just the one uh, the theme song. Yeah, the soundtrack has uh, how many tracks? Let me grab it real quick. Uh, seventeen tracks. Seventeen tracks. It has three uh, tracks that are songs: one theme song and two songs from two other bands. One of the bands' name is Skeletor, <laughs> and um, uh, and then the rest of the tracks is the uh, is the score by Rob Harriman. Wow. So, so yeah, there's that, and you, and you mentioned the, the rewards. Um, yes, this I'm surrounded right now by boxes and envelopes, and 
I'm I'm feeling like I'm living in an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> it's uh, it's been very daunting. I, it's um, and very expensive. I when I did the Kickstarter, I allotted or I budgeted for for the rewards, for the rewards and the shipping of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that money was gone like that, and so I've had to uh, just scrounge up the money um, from you know selling organs and such. <laughs> And <laughs> it's, you didn't need it's that spleen anyway. No, no, of course not. Sell <laughs> your organs you in the name. Sell your organs in the name of uh, Masters of the Universe. There you go. But uh, yeah, I have DVDs and Blu-rays and soundtracks, T-shirts, the comics. What else am I sending out? And people are going to get digital downloads of the soundtrack and movie and a, and a wallpaper. Um, all that's done. I just have to package it all up and address everything and organize it. It's very. It's my head's spinning but it, it'll, it'll get done um, hopefully I'll get most of it out by Monday whenever the film is um, is shown online and uh, I'm excited to to get this done <laughs> you can finally wrap your hands up and say alright there we go done uh, that's right now that kind of also begs the question though because you do have an original idea bunny that y'all hadn't done before and I think I saw something you're 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 actually adding some additional scenes to it or something yeah we um when did it come out uh the okay, Halloween 2013 we premiered it for the first time um it was about uh the movie itself is about 60 minutes which technically it's feature length, but it's it kind of people kind of expect feature lengths to be a little bit longer than that, though. Um, so whenever we got picked up for distribution, they're like, "You need to uh, make this longer." So we I re-edited some parts, I re I shot some new stuff, and, uh, and now it's 73, 75 minutes, and uh, it's got a got a new ending and. Um, some filler, but you know, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that that'll come out. Um, I don't know exactly where it's going to come out. Hopefully, everywhere. It's being pitched to everyone um, to to buy. Um, so uh, hopefully, it'll, it'll all be it'll be released everywhere. But it'll be March eighth, and uh, I think they they picked that because of it's. I guess it's right before Easter, and. Bunny Easter, haha. <laughs> that is bunny with an eye, though, everybody. <laughs> and right. this is not a happy, friendly little rabbit tale. This apparently is a horror film. <laughs> yes, it's very much a horror film with all the things that you would expect from a horror film. Um, so don't let your kids watch it. <laughs> yeah. Can kids watch He-Man, though? The Masters of the Universe? Fall Absolutely. Film. Awesome. It's it's got um, it's got some uh, a little bit of blood. It's got a lot of you know some fighting. Some some I say. Uh, I always say it's got fantasy slash sci-fi action violence with a little blood. But there's no cursing, there's no adult situations, blah, blah, blah. PG-13 level probably, or below kind of thing. I'd say so. I'd, I'd say PG. Yeah, PG, awesome. Okay, because if you're, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, PG-13, you know, you, know, you could go about that level, but... Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to gauge where they're going to put things anymore between PG-13 and PG and... Some things I think they put PG-13 on, I'm thinking, that seemed very PG to me, but well, whatever. What do I know? 
I get very confused. Uh, so with now with Bunny out there, uh, it's, it looks like you're kind of moving into becoming more of an independent filmmaker. So do you have any other new ideas that you're kind of thinking about getting started on other than, uh, you know, maybe doing another Master of the Universe fan film? Um, I do. I've had an idea for a film for a while. Um, I think that it's pretty original. It's another horror film, but it's, um, you know, I don't even want to say anything about it, but I do have an idea. And um, so I'm like weighing, well, first of all, while I was filming this Fall of Grayskull, I was like, I'm never filming anything again. But of course, <laughs> of course, now that I'm out of that, I'm like, what, what can I do next? Yeah. So I, I don't know if I want to do the... Well, first of all, the thing I'm doing next is taking a long break. Yeah. But then I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to return and do the sequel or if I'm going to um, go do another original idea. I'm right. At this moment, I'm leaning towards the original idea just because it's going to be so difficult um, to do the follow-up. Because I want to do a Shira film. And um, and I want, to, I want to make it a feature. I want to make, you know, make it at least, you know... 80 minutes or so and uh, I'm going to do I want to have like you know live locations like real sets real locations and not doing everything in green screen mm. uh, so that would be very difficult yeah it would you'd have to move to New Zealand for a couple of months <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh, which may be worth it you, know? <laughs> you never know well, it would really would be kind of interesting if, uh, you know, I don't, I, I think the uh, the license for making a feature film is definitely somebody's got it because uh, there was some artwork released probably about a year or so ago of what supposedly Battle Cat was going to look like. So, I mean, this is being juggled around somewhere. Maybe someone will see what you've done and, you know, maybe you'll get some opportunity to have some input on it or, you know, maybe somebody will say, you know what, we need a Shira film. Oh, look, he's got a script. Hey, we, we kind of like it. Next thing you know, you've got a fully funded production going on. You know? <laughs> that that would be the dream, man. That would be awesome. I, I I could only hope something like that. Anything would happen. Throw me some scraps or anything. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but there is Sony uh, Columbia Pictures slash Sony. Um, they have the the rights to the film, and they've been you know going through several versions of the script for for years. And uh, I think his name is Christopher Yost, maybe uh, the guy who. Did, let me look up that real quick. I don't want to give false information out here. Um, he did the script for um, the new Thor film that's coming out. Oh, Ragnarok. Uh, or, yeah. And uh, so he wrote that script. And uh, he, he has penned the latest version of the, the He-Man script for Sony. And uh, I hope that it comes out. I mean, I, I hope that it comes out, and I hope that it's... I'm sure that it's going to be everything that every He-Man fan wants. I'm, I'm positive. And that's another, another thing that kind of keeps me from doing another one. I'm like, you know, I don't want... <clears throat> if I were to, like, start another He-Man film, and then, uh, then like, the real one, you know, if the official He-Man fan film, or the, the official film would come out, or, you know, or there'd be news of it, it would kind of be like, why am I even doing this? You know, I don't, I'll, I quit. I want to see the real one. I don't want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. Yeah. It'd be that labor of love. You feel like, well, nobody's going to care. And now comes this feature film. And, and we have been waiting a long time. Cause I mean, you have the, the Dolph Lundgren, which 
It's kind of fun, but I think they kind of fell fell apart when they decided to put it into on put it on Earth. It it lost something right at that point. Yeah, uh, so I we've agree. really been waiting for a good, you know, no holds barred fantasy sci fi mixture adventure on Eternity the entire time. And I mean, it was some good backstory with Skeletor. I mean, that's one of the things I liked about the the newer animated series is you got a really good backstory on Keldor and becoming Skeletor. And uh, so, I mean, there's so much you could do. I mean, the origins of uh, of the castle and the power swords and so many things that can be thrown in. Um, you know, even if you don't spend the entire movie, of course, talking about it. There's so many things that we'd love to see uh, and story wise put up on a big screen. That I tell you what, they really have to just go all out and we'll just go crazy i i agree i I've, i was able to read an official script not this new one and not the jeff wadlow script that, that came before it but the one before that i actually read it and um uh, it was uh it was really good i mean it was really cool i was like wow i was like i could i, I, I pictured you know the movie in my head i was like this is a legit you know hollywood Marvel level type of a, a movie, and um, I really, I really hope that something like that gets made soon. He man needs it. Oh yeah, and I, we need some toys that don't cost us a hundred dollars through uh, Maddie Collector. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> I I would really start loving to collect those and everything. Because I see what they make, and I'm like, these are great. And they started remaking, you know, kind of updated versions of the classic style. And I've even seen YouTube videos where a guy compares the original Castle Grayskull with the the new, you know, vintage line from Matt, from Maddie Collector, which you know, you know, one cost him twenty dollars, and the other one has cost him two hundred dollars. And I'm like, Man. wow, I, they it's, it's like they're trying to get us. They know we want it, <laughs> so they're just gonna make the most expensive thing they can, just because they know people will spend that kind of money. And then you have people like me who are sitting there going, like, yeah, I just got $200 just sitting around burning a hurl in my pocket. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, we're, we're junkies, man. We're human <laughs> toy junkies, and we know it. Yeah. <sighs> oh, but you know, if they would just bring prices down to them, I mean, come on. You know, Star Wars can put out toys for like $7, $8, and we'll go and, you know, we'll get our fix. Put some He-Man toys back there about the price, about the average figures. We'll buy the Daylights out of those things. And we're the type I of think, we'll still proudly display them and never take them out of the package, just as you would want us to do, Maddie Collector. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that we'll get if if they do a new uh, a new animated series or an animated film or a live action film. I think that we'll get I think that we'll get uh, some new a new toy line uh, in retail. Yeah, and I've kind of wondered about you know with when DC got the the rights to do a comic series, and they've done some really this gutsy stuff with uh, with some of the directions they've taken it. Uh, I always kind of wondered, okay, well, DC being tied in with Warner Brothers, does Warner Brothers Animation have any sort of opportunity to maybe, because they've been doing a lot of, you know, DC, Warner Brothers Animation straight to DVD films. Could they maybe have the right to make an animated He-Man DVD? I don't know if they, you know, that's stepping on Sony's area a little bit too much, but, you know, basing on the comics series, you know, because that's generally where they get their stories. They'll they'll pull something from the comics and animate it. Yeah. I think that, and I could be wrong in this, I think that Mattel themselves has the 
has the rights to do a new cartoon, maybe? I, th I think, I don't think that anyone does. I know that, um, I think Classic Media has the rights to the, the, the vintage cartoon or the, the filmation cartoon. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I would like to see Mattel just out of their own studios just, uh, just pump out uh, animated films and hire me to write them. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'd gladly step up and it's like, hey, tell me what you want me to write about and I'll do it. Heck, I well, would enjoy, even if they just based it off some of the, like, the mini comics, which I have not gotten to buy that collection from Dark Horse yet, but it's definitely on my to-do list. I, you know, some of the original ideas where you had, uh, you know, Adam as, this, you know, I, I don't know exactly when Adam came in, but I, I've seen, you know, I, it's hard to pinpoint the actual original ideas they had for Master of the Universe, but they had where He-Man was still, like, a prince, and was guarding Grayskull and stuff like that. But some of the original ideas to take maybe the stories from the mini comics and maybe update them and animate those, I'd actually be very excited about as well. That would be that's a really good idea. They should have like short. They could do like short web cartoons where like they animate like the mini comics. Oh my pick. goodness, that is awesome idea. Yeah. Uh, Webisodes. Exactly. And I just looked up on Amazon. You have no excuse. It's $20.25 for the mini-comic collection. Get it today. Oh, I would get it today, but my bank account's actually sitting negative right now. True story. <laughs> hey, you sure, are you sure not looking at my account? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I Believe me, I know the feeling. We, we've had some surgeries to pay for around here, so... <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully not serious. Uh, well, not too bad, but uh, yeah. <laughs> wasn't on me, but uh, yeah, the Neverlanders, I think I probably already mentioned my wife's knee surgery and stuff, and she, she oh, didn't no. have another one. But it's uh, healing up very well, but yeah, it's... Oh, it's sorry to hear rough. that. But, <laughs> so, when we're back in the normal, believe me, I got a long list of things to go after. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think there was even... Uh, the, the DC collections are all set together now. Because uh, I didn't get to read everything they did with some of their new takes of, uh, I mean, I especially really even liked from their first issue where they surprised with uh, somebody who looked like Hordak and there was Adora and they were attacking Eternia. And I love the way they introduced Adora where she was more gung-ho as part of the Horde before she starts realizing she's on the wrong side of things. And, yeah. Uh, just a lot of just brave brave ways of doing ideas that already kind of have been presented maybe in the animated series, but doing it slightly differently in ways that are a little gutsy. <laughs> That's pretty much what that series was. Yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I, I haven't kept up since it's changed titles to the Eternity War. Um, just because my the, the comic shop that I was getting my comics from um, decided not to sell comics anymore, oh. so <laughs> so I went in to pick up my comics. So like I should have like six or seven months worth of comics in there. They're like, uh, I don't see them, and we don't even sell comics anymore. I'm like, oh, well, you should have called me. Yeah, somebody. But uh, but before that, I've, I've read all the issues, and I really love it. I, I, it's interesting. It's I love the different take. Like you know, like you said, it's it's really different and and. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's got that familiarity, but yet that risk-taking new storytelling. So you're you can't predict what's happening. That is that's true. That's uh, I tell you what they stunned me with some stuff. I'm like, whoa, yeah. But I wish I could have kept on it better. I'm missing a lot of the issues of it too. But oh yeah, and that and that's I think what we need to be able to keep keep this alive is having stuff that pays enough tribute to what we're familiar with but yet taking in new directions and really with the, the comic for that you've written there is some when people 
definitely everybody go to followgrayskull.com, download this PDF. There are some definite risky things that you did in storytelling that I was like, why why would you do that? Oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? <laughs> so but it got me interested to see the film even more, so which is exactly the point. So Are you are you speaking of like certain uh, pe- certain people's demise? Well, I wasn't going to go and say that much of it, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is something you did that I was like, whoa. Well, the, the comic, uh, I did the comic for three reasons. Number one, because I think it's awesome. It's an awesome idea um, to do a comic. Whenever Secret of the Sword came out in 1985 at the theaters, I remember going to the theater and, they, and them handing me like a little comic to go along with the, the film. I thought that was really cool, so I wanted to do something like that. Um, I also uh, wanted to... Um, explain you know the story that you know the, the the setup because the film itself is basically like the the end of a, of a full-length movie it's kind of the climax and third i needed to kind of explain maybe why certain characters aren't in the movie certain characters that you would expect like why is battle cat not in you know a he-man movie or, or where's you know uh man at arms or you know so i had to explain um that away kind of too so that, you know it served several purposes but I, I really love the way it turned out i'm sitting here looking at it now and it's you, you don't have a physical copy do you nope i just have that pdf file i have to mail you one um it's it's so cool to sit here and hold something like that because i i've never you know I've, I've done lots of things over the years i've done lots of different art projects and, and films and stuff but i've never been able i've never made like a comic book and i remember as a kid i would i would make my own comics for like my family i would like you know use crayon and notebook paper and staples and like make my own captain captain america comics and um i would even like fake have my like my grandmother subscribe to my comics i'd have her like cut up like the back cover and like fill out her name and stuff and it send in like 10 cents and i would you know so i've always liked doing such things and i i don't my i'm not a good enough artist to actually you know do the art but it's cool that I was able to, you know, put this together and facilitate, you know, something that I can sit here and hold in my hand and be like, wow. Yeah. You know, I still, I still have all the comics that I used to draw for my friends. They're not very well drawn. <laughs> you should post those online, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they, believe me, they're, they're not good enough to where I would post them online without people going like, what in the world? And I said, okay, well, you got to remember, I was like, you know. 11, 12, you know. <laughs> we'll just put the disclaimer on it, like, you know, written by an 11-year-old yeah. in, like, whatever year you are. Yeah, and the, also the limitation, because I usually, well, I have, I, would, I get, like, four pieces of, like, printer paper and fold them over, and so you're very limited on how well you can tell a story because you have just a few pages. Yeah. So what I've always actually wanted to do, and I have started on it a few times, is write, like, a novelization and you know, because I've thought of ways, you know, I've updated the characters, and I've got an idea for at least a series of books that I could write. I just haven't sat down to do it because <laughs> I did create a lot of my own characters and everything. And so, do it. Yeah, you need to do it. Don't make excuses. Just, just do it. Yeah, I really do need to do it. I'm like, I'm like, maybe three or four chapters in, uh, which, and then I abandoned the project probably about five years ago. But I've always thought, oh, I really need to go back to that. And I have all these ideas because uh, really with a how I wanted to do like with the first story is I, I you know, it's in order to keep it going is of course you have a main storyline, but all these side stories where your main character can be learning things and uh, becoming mm-hmm. the hero he's meant to be, you know, I, yeah, I've got it all in my head. I just need to sit down and do it. <laughs> uh, I know what it's like to have 
projects that, I, that you start on and abandon. Mm-hmm. Um, you get sidetracked. But, yep, you get sidetracked. And, and a lot of those things for me, you know, I'm, I look back and I'm like, okay, that worked out well. That probably should have been abandoned. But if, if like you, if you keep coming back in your mind, like, I, you know, I want to do this. I have this new idea. I have these new characters. I have this story. Like, uh, I would, my advice would be just to do it. If, if my unsolicited advice that you don't want, um, <laughs> Just uh, force yourself to do it. Put, put yourself in a bind, like I did. Like um, after the Kickstarter went through, I'm like, oh man, crap! Now I actually have to make this movie. So I was forced to make it. There was no getting around it. I couldn't shelve it. I had to do it. Yeah, maybe that's what I need is just a good Kickstarter to actually go through and publish some. Stuff. I got one book that I did finish writing, but I, I went. I'm going back through and the editing, and somewhere in the editing, I got sidetracked by having all these other things to do. And uh, being a podcaster becomes a full time occupation when you're not working too. <laughs> you know, providing all the good content that everybody hopefully is enjoying. So it takes a lot of work. So yeah, it's uh, it's just finding the time sometimes. I understand, oh, and there's usually there's usually no time. Oh yeah, but enough about complaining about no time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, let's make sure everybody knows where to go to find this. We've mentioned this website several times: fallofgrayskull dot com. Yes. And if anyone is curious about Bunny, uh, what was it? Uh, Redcereal dot com. And of course, we're not yep. talking breakfast cereal here. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of like a serial killer. R e d s e r i a l dot com. Which serial killer seems to be appropriate since it seems to be horror movies that you're focusing on. <laughs> they're, they're really fun to do. And they're, I don't know, I've, I've always, that's pretty much all I've basically done over the years since I was, since the 90s. I was always making, I started off making Friday the 13th fan films back then. <laughs> and I wouldn't even call them films, I would call them Friday the 13th uh, home movies. Or <laughs> I don't know. I, one of these days, I'll get enough nerve to post it online or something, or I'll add, I'll add it as a special feature on uh, on my first uh, my first official Hollywood movie or something. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen uh, some friends of mine when they were kids. Uh, they did Thanksgiving, and their their first uh, I guess scare of the film was showing. Oh, look! Here's a full turkey, and then the next shot. The turkey is nothing but a stack of bones. And then it's this serial <laughs> killer awesome. that comes out Friday the 13th style on Thanksgiving to kill everybody who ate his turkey, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's I've, I've seen a lot of movies that actually got made that are out there that are way crazier and crappier than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and they were still all kids at the time, too. So, you know, you, you know if you ever kept with it, you'd probably start getting better ideas as you grow. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, each you know, each time I do something, it's I feel like that I've I've done a little bit better. I've learned I learned something from each each um, project, and I've definitely definitely learned a lot doing the the He Man film, yeah, yeah. Um, especially about green screen and, and lighting and and stuff. Oh yeah, see if I ever do do another project, I'm going to learn how to do some green screen, and I'm going to get some, like good video editing stuff. But I've kind of moved more to the audio side of thing, I guess now with podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which you know, you never know. I might get a, we might get around to making that sequel of Super Villains, you know, and who knows? We might get some green screen going on because I tell you what, some cheap specs, even though silly string done right can appear like Spider Man shot a web, but you know, nobody's buying it if you stick on that shot for too long. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Fix it, fix it in post, man. That's what everybody always says. Fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen some people do some amazing effects with uh, some very simple type of uh, type of work, uh, with even simple ways to make lightsabers or laser blasts, and they'll just go through and literally uh, take every frame and take them out into Photoshop and draw their stuff on there and then take the those Photoshopped images and put them back into the film. And like, oh my goodness, that's that's oh. a lot of time and patience and... Wow, I know I know all too well about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you had to do quite a bit. <laughs> oh, the Photoshop! Photoshop's my favorite favorite program ever. Yeah, I should probably get a copy of that, but I'm not artistic enough to merely make it good. I've got like uh, Paint.net and GIMP. GIMP, I can't figure out. And Paint.net, uh, basically the 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 whole of my skills is what anybody ever has seen. If you look at the cover art for any episode of the Neverland podcast, that's put together on Paint.net with uh, with my buddy Phil doing the drawing of me, and then I colorize, added in a picture, text that my friend Deanna made, and. I know how to assemble stuff that somebody else has already made. See, that's what it is. I'm looking at a picture of you as Captain America right now. That's our current season. That that's actually was my season two. I need to get the season three done. We do have plans to do a Star Wars image uh, as soon as Philip gets the time to draw me as Luke Skywalker and Heather as Leia. <laughs> Which is creepy awesome. because Heather being my wife and yet we're drawing her where we're brother and sister. But the idea is that I'm always standing there holding a microphone over my head. And I thought, if you look at the original Star Wars poster where he's got that lightsaber over his head, uh, he's already in that position. That's right. So, and it all started from that original one. We did do that He-Man parody, except for I'm front, in front of Cinderella's castle because we are a Disney podcast for most of the time. So I'm in a He-Man pose in front of a Disney castle. So it's, look, it's it says everything that Neverland is supposed to be. It's retro, and yet it's also Disney. So we're talking about He-Man, and we're going to talk about Disney. <laughs> hey, sounds like you're pretty safe to me. Yeah, I, I'm, it's a well-rounded show. And thank Goodbye. you for coming on again and tell us about this movie. And well, make- thank you, man. I, you're giving me a chance to uh, to brag about the film. And um, and before I go, I, you know, I, I've been talking about it from my perspective, but you know, it was a very, very much a group group effort. Um, so if you watch the film, look at the credits. Ridiculous amount of people. You know, so many people. So many of my friends. And uh, the Kickstarter backers, um, there were a lot of them. Um, you know, doing the credits, I'm like, man, I didn't realize there were so many. <laughs> um, so, you know, so that's who I owe my soul to, is, uh, is all of all the people that have helped. Um, because if it wasn't for those people, I would just be, I don't know, twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, and big props to your makeup artists and your costume designers, because, I mean, just from the images I've seen... Excuse me, pardon me. I'm going to have to edit that out. Oh, wow, sorry, I was drinking a Pepsi. Uh, But just just what I've seen from the posters, uh, uh, everything just looks great. You know, it's very professional looking, and I'm really pleased with how Skeletor looks. Because that's the one that could be such a challenge, because you want to have a, you know... you got to have a real face underneath that. And uh, I mean, it, I haven't gotten to see it in motion yet, but just that photo, I'm like, oh, that really looks awesome. Skeletor, maybe my, my favorite character in the film. He he's just he's crazy, like he's just a madman um, in, in the movie. And and the actor didn't have a lot to work with. He had his eyes to work with. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have like sockets. I wanted him to have eyeballs because it it really adds to the intensity, and you can really tell 
um, you know, he takes you on a journey with his eyes. You know, the, the, how he looks in certain scenes and and his, his body movement. Um, I think that Kevin really did a good a good portrayal of Skeletor. I'm really happy with how how that turned out. I'm very excited to see it this Monday, January the 11th. Is there a particular time that is going to be posted to YouTube? Um, I, I'm in Central Standard Time, so my plan was just to post it as it like midnight, like as it becomes the 11th, like from the 10th to the 11th. So, all right. So as soon as I wake up in the morning before I go to work, I'll try to <laughs> try to watch it while I'm eating my breakfast. <laughs> there you go. It's 37 minutes long. Oh, I don't know if I have 37 minutes, but I'll, if I have to wake up early, I will do it. <laughs> Good. All right. So, everybody, Fall of Grayskull, January the 11th, YouTube. Also, make sure you go to fallofgrayskull.com because I'm sure you'll have plenty of links there. Plus, you can find out about the production. Yep. You can download the comic book. Uh, you can find even, I'm sure you've got links over to the music video from there as well. Yep. And also, yes. make sure you follow it on Facebook. Yes, facebook.com slash follow Awesome. All right, well, thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, a link to visit our shop, and much more. And please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. Or email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. If you email us a Lost Boy or Pixie nickname with a reason why you chose that name, you can become an official Neverlander. Girls are too clever to get lost, so we are naturally magical pixies. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support in keeping the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions. God God bless. bless!